This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, July 19th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. Chlorpyrifos cleared for now. Respirators required for smoke. California talks trade with China and hemp gets lawmakers' attention. U.S. Environmental Protection Agency to allow continued use of chlorpyrifos. The Environmental Protection Agency will not revoke tolerances for chlorpyrifos, an insecticide environmental and farm worker groups say is a dangerous neurotoxin and should be banned. In a decision signed Wednesday by Alexandra Dunn, Assistant Administrator for the agency's Office of Chemical Safety and Pollution Prevention, EPA said it did not have enough evidence of neurodevelopmental effects that is sufficiently valid, complete, and reliable at this time to justify revoking the tolerances. You can see the full report at www.agripulse.com. A California EPA issued a statement yesterday calling the decision, quote, disappointing, but adding it in no way affects California's decision to cancel the pesticide, which was made, quote, to prevent the significant harm this pesticide causes children, farm workers, and vulnerable communities. California Attorney General Xavier Becerra immediately responded to the decision in a tweet saying EPA is dead set on sacrificing our children's health by failing to ensure that chlorpyrifos residues and food are safe. He said we'll continue to hold EPA's feet to the fire and force them to do their job. Remember that in 2017, Becerra also pushed back on EPA action over the pesticide. He then filed a motion in 2018 along with five other attorneys general to intervene in a lawsuit against the EPA concerning its approval of chlorpyrifos. EPA likely hasn't settled the chlorpyrifos issue. EPA, however, is likely to be back in court after its decision to allow the continued use of the pesticide. We will go back to court and seek an order to ban chlorpyrifos in our food nationwide, said Patty Goldman, an attorney with Earth Justice in Seattle. Meanwhile, the state bans are filling in the gap in some places. A bill to ban the insecticide in New York is sitting on the desk of Governor Andrew Cuomo. In Hawaii, the ban is scheduled to go in effect in 2023. California has proposed a prohibition saying the action is needed to prevent significant harm to children, farm workers, and vulnerable communities. EPA said it did not have enough information that chlorpyrifos is a neurological hazard to justify the ban. The agency is working on a new registration decision by 2022. Cal OSHA enforcing respirators to protect outdoor workers from wildfire smoke. The Occupational Safety and Health Standards Board adopted an emergency regulation at its meeting yesterday in San Diego requiring employers to take measures to protect workers from wildfire smoke. When the Air Quality Index, or AQI, rises above 154 airborne particulate matter, employers must either bring workers indoors or supply all employees with respirator masks rated at N95 or higher. Employers must meet the respirator requirements by early August. The board has amended the text to exempt employers from having to perform medical evaluations following exposure and to provide fit tests for the masks. Western Growers Association opposed that requirement, calling it an overly burdensome process. The regulation does require employers to provide training on the health effects of wildfire smoke and how to use a respirator. 
The Office of Administrative Law has 10 days to review the new code before Cal OSHA will be charged with enforcing the regulation. Now remember, Cal OSHA's headquarters in Sacramento experienced an AQI hovering above 150 for more than two weeks during last year's campfire. Nearby communities along the foothills suffered spikes in AQI readings that were well above 400. Now, on that note, Assembly Bill 1124 calls for a requirement similar to the new Cal OSHA regulation. It is awaiting a floor vote in the Senate when the legislature returns next month. The bill also needs a final vote in the Assembly and a signature by the governor. Labor groups have backed the measure while the construction industry does stand opposed to it. State lawmakers discuss trade with China consulate. The Assembly held its second joint hearing on the trade dispute with China this week. This time, the public meeting took place in San Francisco and included China's Deputy Council General, uh, Ran Fa-Ching. Assembly member Philip Ting of San Francisco began the meeting. He acknowledged that the agriculture goods have been hit the hardest and that there are concern about potential job loss, especially in the ag industry. Lieutenant General Elena Kalanakis then detailed what she saw as a disproportionate impact on California of the trade dispute. The state supplies more than 400,000 agriculture jobs, 70%, which are in rural areas. More than a quarter of those jobs are in the almond industry, which has been hit with 50% tariffs in the trade war, she noted, citing numbers from the almond board. Kalanakis also mentioned the 25% drop in wine exports to China. She emphasized that the Australian and Chilean wines replacing California brands in China are just simply, quote, not as good. And on that comment, Ching agreed, saying California wine, far better. He was then careful not to stray from the talking points. He said trade negotiations, quote, cannot be carried out under the threat of tariffs, nor at the expense of China's right to development. And on that note, Kalanikas meeting with the consulate as the official governor of California. Gavin Newsom has been on vacation with his family outside of the state, leaving Kalanikas in charge. CDFA stocks corner shops with new fridges. The Department of Food and Ag has awarded $2.8 million to 175 corner stores and similar businesses in food deserts. The new grant program aims to stock the refrigerators with California-grown fresh produce, nuts, and minimally processed foods. In supporting the program, Assemblymember Ting said in a statement, your address should not determine your diet, but in reality, it often does. Ting chairs the budget committee, had added the program to the state budget last year. Most of the grants have gone to the Bay Area, Central Valley, and Los Angeles regions. Another $1.7 million in grants will be awarded this fall. Senate panel sets hemp hearing. The Senate Ag Committee is teeing up what will be the first comprehensive hearing on industrial hemp policy since Congress passed the 2018 Farm Bill. The hearing next Thursday will feature key officials at EPA and FDA, as well as USDA's General Counsel, Stephen Vaden, and USDA's Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs, Greg Ibaugh. USDA is gearing up to roll out regulations for regulating hemp production, but just as critical is the issue of when and whether FDA will allow the hemp product, CBD, to be used as a food ingredient and dietary supplement. The witnesses include Amy Aberdathy, FDA's Principal Deputy Commissioner of Food and Drugs, who is leading FDA's work on CBD and hemp. FDA closed a public comment period on the CBD issue on Tuesday. Keep in mind, it should be no surprise that this hearings in the Senate. 
Hemp continues to be a top priority for Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. At one point, when there seemed to be little sign of progress on the Farm Bill last year, Senate Ag Chairman Pat Roberts of Kansas told AgriPulse he was confident the legislation would eventually get enacted because of four simple letters, H-E-M-P. China to boost cherry imports, not from the U.S., China's hunger for cherries just keeps growing. The country is expected to boost product and imports for the 1920 market a year. But Chinese tariffs will prevent U.S. producers and exporters from benefiting, according to the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Chinese cherry production is expected to increase by 23% this year, and the country is now expected to import 190,000 metric tons of cherries in 1920, up from 180,165 tons in 2018-19. Countries like Chile, Canada, and Turkey are all expected to sell more, but not the U.S. Tariffs are a result of a year-long U.S.-China trade war. While the United States remains the leading cherry supplier to China during the summer season, the import volume from the United States fell sharply in market year 2018-19 because of the ongoing trade tensions between the two countries, according to the FAS. Here is today's She Said It. The constraints that agriculture is facing are only the leading edge of what our region is facing. That Santa Barbara Regional Water Board member, Monica Hunter, during the board's day-long meeting on the governor's water resilience portfolio yesterday. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, July 19th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.